What's going on, people? It's Tuesday night, my favorite night of the week for so many reasons. But the main one we're going to holler at tonight is because you are back with the brothers from the 818. My name is Dave, as you know, and um, I'm not here alone. I'm here with my man, 50 Grand Caleb. What's going on with you? What's up, Dave? It's Tuesday night, man. Um, we're back at it again. We've got sports going on all around us. You know, this was an incredible um um man what what, what we're on episode 23 right 23. Um, yeah. wow. um this was an incredible um sports weekend yeah um i watch um or i was aware of i didn't watch it all but i was aware of college football i was aware of uh, baseball there was uh the start of uh the hockey's uh championship there was tennis going on the nfl is is, is in full swing did I mention that the Major League Baseball, they're, they're, they're heading down to, um, to the, the final teams that's going to be in the playoffs? Uh, there was a lot of, of sports going on, so I was excited about that. It was a great distraction from, um, from what we uh, had in the months past. Um, let me see. Let me see what my check-in should be. Um, I think things are good. I'm kind of tired. Uh, it's been a, a, a long week. But in addition to that, I had a very challenging evening. Um, I almost caught a case. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, my son, he's about to turn two. And um, my daughter wanted to uh, go to Target to get, you know, get him a gift with him present. I was like, all right, these two, what does he know, right? Uh, we'll just wrap it up and be like, present it to him. Yeah, everything was good picked up a couple gifts i was like hey you know you got about three or four of them in the, in the basket where i'm only buying two and um she was like okay and i don't want this one and she pulled that one out and i put it right there on some end cap and kept walking kept shopping um went to the produce aisle and uh she said i changed my mind i want to i want the i want that other one back i said okay went back it was still on, right where i put it and she said um, I told her, I said, Hey, this is, this is it. I ain't coming back. All right. This, this, this decision is final. Right. Um, got to the cashier was waiting there and, uh, the line was kind of long. The line was kind of long. And I saw my daughter, she was mumbling something. She was like, uh, I want to switch it again. I want to switch it again. I was, I saw her tears, you know, kind of swelling, um, swelling up in her eyes. And, I was like, man, I just need to get out this. <laughs> I just need to get out this store. I just need to get out this store, right? Um, before she before she started cutting up. Um, my son was good, and um, I even went and got her um, a little, you know, a little treat or some candy or something. Gave her that, but then she was insistent right. of swapping that that gift out again, and I told her no. And she started screaming like um, I've never heard her scream before. And I was real calm and I said, hey, now cut that out. I'll leave all this stuff right here in this basket and we're gonna leave. She did not stop. She kept cutting up. And 
I reached, try to reach in the basket and she was kicking and, 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 and hitting. I was like, wow, this is different. This doesn't happen with this one. Right. Um, and, um, I was like, Hey, last chance. If you, if you want this stuff, um, you need to stop cutting up. And I thought that was going to be it because that's normally what that's all that that's all that I have to do. Right. And, um, she um she screamed and i could tell you man i was really embarrassed first i was i was shocked shocked first really i was shocked because she usually she's never ever had that type of um temper tantrum where she completely lost control and and i and i think that's accurate she completely lost control of her reasoning her emotions and she, um, and then I made the decision, hey, it's time to go. And I apologized to the cashier and I took my son out and put him down on the ground. And, um, and I went to grab her. Everybody's listening. I mean, she was screaming as if she was getting the beat down. She was screaming as if this was 1980, right? <laughs> and she was screaming as if she, um, she, um, as if I, I, I was, was, um, um, as if I was hurting her in, in, in some way. And I guess I was, I was hurting her emotionally. Right. And so I picked her up. And she continues to scream. I'm have my hand, my son's hand, and I'm, I'm grabbing her by one hand, and she's hitting me, and punching me, and I'm, again, this has never happened, right? And and at this point, I just want to get out the store, right? Because um, I'm a social worker, right? I work for the county, and. Um, I know what, um, and, and I know what that could would look like, right? Um, people from the other side of the store, they don't know the circumstances, they don't have the context, right? But they hear a, a child screaming, and they're like, "Oh, that parent did something wrong," or or that 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 parent is pinching that child, or the parent must be hitting that child, the parent threatened that child. So as I was walking through the parking lot another man saw me struggling with my two children and he said, Hey man, I feel your pain. And I, and I really appreciated that. Right. I appreciate the acknowledgement. Okay. And so as I got her and him in the car, she continued to hit and scratch. And, um, and I put the seatbelt on and, um, I started driving. She took the seatbelt off and was screaming at me to stop because she took the seatbelt off. Right. And so I stopped and I, I had to pull to the side. Man, this was this was an experience that um, that um, I would have never expected with my daughter. But this is something that other parents have to deal with every day for children that have um, uh, greater concerns than my children. Um, children that have developmental uh, issues and um, behavioral concerns. But, and this is only the first time, and I don't expect this to happen in, anymore, right? Um, she felt really sorry, but she couldn't express it. All she could do is cry and scream some more when, when I asked her um, to kind of reflect on what happened. Um, and so 
I guess my check-in, the reason why I wanted to check in and share that story was not because of me, but to acknowledge all those other parents that are dealing with that, that doesn't have the understanding or the patience, um, doesn't have a, um, um, the fundamentals and the foundation that I have in regards to childhood development and, and temperament. Um, don't have the years of experience working with uh, children and families um, because if I would have if I would have lost control if I would have spoken and raised my voice it would have looked really bad but here I am knowing that parents are put in this situation all the time and um, and society judge parents because their children are acting out without having a full understanding. I'm telling you, I did nothing, nothing to, to provoke her to, to um, become so angry. And she was angry. She just was an angry four-year-old that had completely lost it. Um, and so really my, my, my heart goes out to those other family members or the other families that are dealing with children with behavioral problems with emotional problems um, that doesn't have that don't have the um, the um, the insight and understanding the education as to how to deal with that situation, and I'm thinking I'm going to catch a case, right? And a lot of people, if that would have sat around there, could have easily had police pull up on them and catch a case. Um, thankfully that wasn't the case for me, but yeah, man, I've had a challenging night. I was, I, even before that, even before that I was tired. Right. Um, and I didn't have the energy that I normally have on a Tuesday night, but that experience really helped me kind of be proud about the, the, the way that I parent. Right. Because I don't know if the the 24-year-old, 25-year-old Caleb would have dealt with that situation the way that I did. So that's my check-in, man. How's everything with you? Wow, I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk about me. I think you just kind of brought up a whole nother, uh, a whole nother area. So I'm, I'm going to put a pin in that for a second because I want to come back to a couple of things. Um, I, I agree with you about the sports. I'm excited that just football's back, man. Um, I am a... Um, I'm a sports fan. You know that I love, I love sports of all types. I love a good basketball game. I love to go to a baseball game. I love a uh, golf match, especially if I can go and watch some people play and be close enough to a hole where something's exciting is happening. Um, tennis, the whole nine. Um, but I love football. So football, I will, you know, engage and watch games, teams that I don't even care about because I just love the game. Um, and from, you know, preseason up through the, uh, the, um, Super Bowl. Uh, the, the, well, past Super Bowl is, uh, what's the game after that? <laughs> the All-Star, oh, yeah. not All-Star. The, 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 the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl, there you go. Um, I'll watch that straight through. Basketball, I just don't have time. I won't make time. I mean, that's, you know, 80-something games. I watch the playoffs. Baseball, 160-something games. I'll watch it if I have tickets. But football, I engage. And so, um, I'm feeling really good that my Raiders are 2-0. and I knew you were going there. Yeah, yeah. And but you know me, I'm a realist Raider fan. I ain't running around talking about, oh yeah, they Super Bowl bound. I know my team and um I, I think uh they're playing really well right now. I think they're starting to gel a little bit. Um I'm seeing some of what I liked about Carr before he got injured. I still see a lot of Carr that is the post-injury car, you know, not the confidence in the pocket that he once had. And maybe that'll never come back. Um 
you know, whenever I go back and watch the video clips of when he broke his leg and you can actually hear the break, it, it's cringeworthy. And so I can imagine how he feels about it. Um, and there's a whole nother segment of the NFL that I really want to touch on later, but I'm just, I'm really happy football's back, man. I, I agree with you about all the sports that was going on, but for me, it was about football. I actually, um, uh, I got up super early Saturday morning and it's like, I'm going to start my homework, you know, at like 6 a.m. I did. I did homework all throughout the day just so I would have limited homework to do on Sunday so I could just really get in and watch the game. And then, you know, the Raiders didn't play till Monday night. Um, so, you know, that was a nice Monday night game. Um, still a little bitter about the stadium, you know, love that stadium. <coughs> Not a fan of I'll never uh, own LV Raiders gear. But um, I want to go to that stadium. So I'm looking forward to my opportunity to get in there and, and you know, see what's up. So, so that's my check-in, man. Um, but I want, to, I want to go back to something you said. And I don't even know how much we're going to get to kind of the topic list I was thinking about tonight. But um, you know what a bell curve is, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I imagine yesterday had you witnessed the event that happened between you and your daughter today one of the thoughts in your head may have been, um, I'm glad my children aren't like that. I'm glad my children would never put me in a position like that and so forth. Um, and I say that because I know you, I know your relationship with your children. I know your children, I know their upbringing and they're good kids, right? Um, they're, you know, babies. So babies are going to lose it every here and there, but you know, the, the situation you described is not one that I would liken to one of your children at all. So when you see things like that, I'm going to put you and your daughter on the bell curve right now at the very top. You got one side of the bell curve that's those parents you talked about that have kids with disturbance issues, mental issues, um, general behavior problems that, um, that occur because of that. And that's their day in and day out, that constant stress and strain of what happens. And the child is just so out of control. And the parent... Um, is just doing all they can to maintain some type of sanity, let alone decency and order, especially in a public scenario. You got the other side where you have um, poor parenting, right? Where they just let their child get away with everything and then all of a sudden when they can't, they lose it. And the way they get around that is, is by giving them what they want, which reinforces the behavior for next time, right? And then within that entire curve, left to right, top to bottom, you have parents that, as you said, 21 or 25-year-old Caleb versus 49-year-old Caleb, how they would have handled that, that are like, you act up, I'm going, if you cut up, I'm going to act up with you, and we just all going to be looking like fools up in here, right? And, and you think about, you know, how you were raised, how I was raised. If I ever threw attention like that, wherever we were, you know, my mom put hands to me in church. You know, if I cut up at school, she would come right up to the front of the class and whip her belt out and whip me in front of class, right? And, and then you don't, you can't do that anymore legally. And I don't think it was legal then, but nobody was going to report you. But we've just learned to be a different generation of parents, right? right? Where it's not about the physicality of it. Uh, I remember when we were, we couldn't have been 30. And we were talking about disciplined kids. And one of the things you said is, you know, I could spank, but... If I do spank, even the one or two hits that I would do, am I just engaging to cause them pain? Or am I really trying to instill some discipline and create a teaching moment? And, and that conversation has always stood out to me because having three boys, 
and raising them up, you know, that, you know, they, they push it and they test it every once in a while. And a lot of times a conversation can do it. A lot of times it's a more stringent conversation, but I can't imagine a scenario where I would have to quote unquote, put hands to, or go so far out and be a bad parent. So, so I empathize with that. I also find it interesting that maybe you just didn't target it or didn't bring it up, but your son was even killed through all of this, mm -hmm. right? Because typically that type of go off is enough to strangle the nerves and he would lose it because she's losing it, right? Because now he's afraid or he's uncomfortable or he's just trying to express, I'm really worried about my sister, but not having the vocabulary to do it. And so I'm really surprised that that, that didn't happen and thankful at the same time. Um, Honestly, I didn't know where you were going with the story about catching the case because I was like, okay, I'm waiting for someone to come up and say something to you and it get belligerent to the point where, you know, you had to check somebody. So I'm glad it didn't go there. But um, even the guy coming up to you talking about, I feel your pain. You know, um, I had a situation, where was I? Um, I was somewhere this weekend, it had to be. And uh, the kid wasn't really going off, but they were holding the toy and they were jumping up and down, but I really wanted, I really wanted, I really wanted. And the mom was like, I said, no. And she wouldn't really, she wasn't even giving them that much attention other than to say no. It was like, you're not about to, you know, I got this to do. And so I, she caught me looking at her child and then I looked at her and she looked at me and it was a comfortable experience. So I was like, they grow up. Oh, wow. She's like, what? I said, they do grow up. It gets easier. She's like, are you sure? Because right now, I'm not feeling like it's going to get any easier. I was like, my two over there shopping. Oh, we were in Ross. I was like, my two over there picking out their own stuff, and I don't even have to chase behind them. It does get easier, sister. And she was just like, I'm going to take your word for it. Because right now, I'm ready to leave with, with, and leave him in the store, right? And, and, and we laughed, and it moved on. So I think... Uh, I, what I really wanted to throw in there, I, it, it probably can't happen in every instance, but I think a good pressure reliever for you was perhaps, oh boy, coming up saying, hey man, I feel your pain, right? Even if it offered you a three second disconnect to say, okay, I'm not in this by myself, you know, that might have helped. Um, honestly, I'm shocked. And not from any judgment, can't be mad at a four-year-old. I mean, they're going to go through what they're going to go through. But I'm shocked. Like I said, I know you, I know your wife, I know how you guys bring up your kids. That's that's kind of interesting to me. Let me, let me comment on that, man. I disagree. I disagree that you can't be mad at a four-year-old. I was pissed <laughs> off at my four-year-old, man. My four-year-old embarrassed me. Uh, I don't know if I've ever been that embarrassed by a, my, my child in public, right? Or ever, right? Not in public. Maybe it was worse because it was in public. But right. I will also say this, and I say this all the time. Parenting is hard, and a lot of people don't understand it, and parents don't often talk about the challenges because they think that it's going to make them look as if or less than or a bad parent, but parenting is hard. And when I was thinking about other parents, what I was thinking about was um, them not having the same foundational pieces that I have. And in, in the work that I do, 
Um, we're seeing parents with anger management issues. We're seeing parents with substance abuse issues. We're seeing parents with um, mental health issues. We're seeing parents with um, financial issues and homelessness. And um, um, and then I look at at what I'm going through and parenting is hard. I want to just first remind everyone of that again and lay that down as a foundation and say, wait a second. I have a, I have my undergrad is in psychology. My master's is in social work. I don't have some of the financial stressors that the, that the people the, that the community that I work in have, right? I, 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 I have, um, I don't have a, a substance abuse issue. I don't have an anger management issue. I don't have mental health issues, right? I don't have all of those issues and parenting is still hard. And so I have a greater appreciation for parents who are dealing with some of those behavioral concerns. But yeah, man, I was, um, I was, I was pissed off. I was pissed off at her. And, um, you know, back in the day, what we would do, or no, how, how we grew up, not what we would do as parents, but how we grew up, an adult, a parent, an elder would come in and say, man, we can't cuss on this show. Get your little butt over here. Once we get home, I'm going to, right? And, and, you, would, and you, would, you would feel that fear, right? Because because you've 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 gotten a switch and you and you've gotten a belt before, right? But um, if I would have said that, I don't know if my daughter would have even responded to that because that's not how I parent, right? If I would have threatened her in that manner, that would have really been out of character, and and she wouldn't have had anything to to compare it to, like. What are you what are you talking about? If, especially if I would have said go get the switch, man. We got some youngins watching our watching our podcast. They don't even know what a switch is. Um, so when you talk that's the trip, yeah. <laughs> you talked about the you talked about that bell curve. And I I I have I have a great appreciation for that curve. Um, but some of the issues with, with parents is that they model what they've seen, right? You know what you know and what you don't know, you don't know, right? And so if, if you put in a situation, then you might just start modeling what you've, what you've seen and, and, and how your parents uh, and, and friends and, and model how to deal with that situation. Um, and I'm just glad that um, I kept my calm and um, I didn't overreact and I stayed in control as an adult, right? But I'm telling you, I was really challenged and I'm really kind of, I won't say proud. I'm always proud of myself. I think I'm, a, I think I'm an incredible parent. Um, but um, I was really proud of how I dealt with that. And you're right. I did not say, okay, let me just get her, keep her quiet. Let me go get that other toy, right? And right, right that would have just reinforced that behavior. Right. Um, and I was, I was very intentional and, and, and uh, purposefully not trying to feed into that. And I, and I figured that um, just having her leave the store would be a better lesson because discipline is about teaching that lesson right. and punishment is just about, I just need you to shut up and I'm going to, and I'm going to um, hit you. I'm going to spank you. I'm going to um, take away something. Right. But it doesn't always teach a lesson. So I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you, um, that you took a, a, a deeper dive into, 
into my uh, my, my check-in, my my struggles today. Right. I, I I'm, I'm gonna dive just one more level deeper with that. Um, you you corrected me and said, you know, nah, I was I was pissed off. I I was angry. Um, so let me just how how do I put it like this? There's been times, and we're gonna talk about your 27 year old and my 24 year old, right? There's been times where you shared with me your frustration, your anger, your disappointment, any level of those emotions regarding your daughter. And none of those times made me love her or like her any less, right? Because I'm her godfather. You're her father. Likewise, there's been times I've shared with you my, my you know, issues or disappointment. And let me, just, let me just pause and say this. It isn't always like that. You know, we both love our children very much. They've both been on this show. We have excellent relationships with our children. But anybody who has children know the children are going to get on your nerves sometimes. <laughs> um, they're going to do things that's going to piss you off or do things that's going to disappoint you or whatever. Public right. service announcement. Yeah, right. three, three weeks in a row. Um, anyway, um, but I'm, I imagine during none of those discussions I've ever had about my oldest, as angry or as disappointed as I was, where you like, man, I actually like him a little less or I love him less and so forth. And the reason I bring that up, because I was talking to a friend of mine who doesn't have any children of her own. She has excellent relationships with her nieces and so forth and so on. And I was kind of moderating another discussion where someone was talking about the value of having children in a relationship sense and the value of having relationships with children who aren't yours, but our family. And I said, you know, exactly those words that I'm going to give you the difference between a child and a nephew. Right. And she was like, okay, let me hear it. I was like, my child, no matter what, I'm always going to love them. But there's things they're going to do on any number of days or any situation that makes me like them a whole lot less or not like them at all at that moment. It's like, generally speaking, when you're talking about someone who's not yours, your level of love or like doesn't change or adjust because, you know, there's that one step removed and it, the, the, the challenges that they tend to put up don't affect you directly. Now, if you kept, like you've kept the boys for me when I was out of town once, if they was in there just cutting up and losing their mind, yeah, you might not like them on that day. So let me just throw that out there. But in the general sense, um, I can look, hearing that story about your daughter doesn't make me be like, man, she's one of them bad little four-year-old girls. No, I think she had a bad day. And I, would, I, I don't feel any emotion as a how I feel about her one way or the other. Today, you were like, you know, again, you don't love her any less. But right now, I'm really not liking you. And I want to get you out this door because you're embarrassing me. You're uh, in, in military speak, conduct unbecoming of my <laughs> child. <laughs> you know, I can think of a whole lot of uh, faults I want to lay against you right now. But the other side of it is, and, and um, I'm glad you spoke on it the way you did. You said, I'm always proud of myself as a parent. I think I'm a very good parent. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm touched that you would say a word like that. One, I agree. But a lot of people aren't in tune enough to be that honest and have an honest statement to say like that, right? I'm not a perfect parent at all. Um, I'm one of those parents, and my, my boys are teenagers now, um, uh, and one's a young adult. But I'm one of those parents who, believe in, who believes in apologizing to your children, right? Because I don't always get it right. And so if I come at them a wrong way or something, I'm quick to pull them back and say, hey, the, way, the conversation we had the other day about this or a couple minutes ago, I was wrong. I need you to know I was wrong. 
and I'm going to work on making sure that doesn't happen again and so forth and so on. And so it allows me to have that real relationship with my, with my children. Uh, my mama would have never told me she was wrong. My dad still won't, right? If he says something, you know, he tried to get loud with me the other day. I was like, you can get loud if you want. You know, bottom line is this, but you know, to admit wrong, nah, that's not gonna happen. Um, so I applaud you, man, just to really say that, just to, you know, to really boldly be able to speak and say, I'm proud of the parent I am. I do think you have an advantage, and I'm not saying it's because of that, but yeah, you spent 20 plus years in an industry that really focuses on parenting, relationships, children, and what they go through, and you have kind of an inside track outside your home right mm -hmm. so a lot of people have the knowledge of what happens in their house and a few of their friends you have the knowledge of what happens in your house a few of your friends and a whole lot of other entities that don't necessarily welcome you in so you can see a bigger picture and i think that gives you some insight that a lot of people can't see but to take that and apply it to make you a better man a better father a better parent overall is a wonderful thing. I'm I'm proud to know you on that. Hey man, I know I know that um, you know working in my field, I know people get caught up, and I always say that we have more in common to my clients, um, to the to the parents that I, I'm helping. We have more in common than we don't, right? And I truly believe that. I think like um, take take the 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 children talk away from it and t talk about like um, 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 being arrested or something, right? I grew up in Pacoima, right? I grew up in 818, right? I could have I easily caught a case uh, here and there, right? I just was blessed, right? <laughs> hey, watch, watch it down, right? And so um, I have some things in common with, um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm just a, I'm a regular, I'm a regular guy, man. And I feel like I have more in common with um, the parents that I try to uh, serve every day. But um, I have a buddy uh, that says, uh, that says all the time, and I'm going to, I'm going to steal it from him. You know, I'm one of the best damn parents that I know. I'm engaged with my children. I'm, I, I'm attentive to them. I, 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 when I, I, I discipline them, right? And I, I get down on their eye level and I take care of my children, not just as a provider, but I show them love and, and attention that um, a lot of parents just don't do. And so I, I think I'm one of the best parents that I, that, that I know, right? I'm sure, hey, all my friends out there, you guys are great parents too, right? I'm not, this is not a competition. Not all of them, but I got you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this is not a competition. Um, this, is a, this is also a, a great example of how we sometimes go off script. script because yeah, we, are so um, off script we, we, had, we had some thoughts about what we we're going to talk about. And then, you know, you asked me to check in and, and, and I, took us, I took us left. Well, last step I want to make with that, uh, some years ago, I think, so uh, my oldest is 24 now. He had to be like 10 or 11. Um, the boys were born, they were babies. And he was like, Dad, we're friends, right? And I was like, uh-uh, we're not friends. <laughs> it's like, we're friendly. I was like, you know, we can have a good time, but I'm not your friend. I am your father. And as mm -hmm. your father, we can have a good time, but I reserve the right at any point to switch up on you and be like, okay, now things that went too far and you need to realize who you're talking to and blah, 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 blah. And he went as far as to make sure his younger brothers knew that, right? So, 
you know, I see the other part of the bell curve that I've touched on a little bit is the bad parenting aspect. Now, you know, I, I shouldn't say it that way because someone listening is, is going to say, well, I'm that way. So does that make me a bad parent? I can't judge you in your household. You got to work it out the, the best way you can. But my boys have gone over other kids' houses, other their friends at school or what have you, pre-COVID, obviously. And dad, uh, such and such talks back to his mom. I would never do that to you. You're right. You wouldn't, right? And, um, Damn right. you know, such and such, you know, told his mom that she could take out the trash herself. Wow. Really? What'd you do? He's like, I was stuck. I, I didn't know what to do. I, was, I didn't know if I should duck or, or wait. I was just like, man, I couldn't have said that to my dad and, and so forth. And they're right. They can't. But I don't feel like they would want to, right? Because again, they're products of their environment, mm. right? So one of their friends could come over my house, come over our house and be like, wow, your dad is super strict. He doesn't let you get away with anything. And my boys not see it that way because that's just the water that they're in, right? They don't realize that it could be different or it should be different, but this is just how it's always grown up. They've grown up with rules. They've grown up with discipline. They understand respect. They understand a child's place and so forth and so on. They know that we can be friendly and have a good time, but they also know that we can only go so far because this is not my friend. This is my dad, right? And my dad will check me quickly. Right, that type of thing. So, so it's interesting. And and again, your daughter's four. So as she grows up, you know, uh, a lot of that will become more in tune and the understanding of her place versus your place and your wife and and how that all works out. But um, parenting is hard, man. That's all I'm. I'm gonna end with that. I, I, I promise you, I won't come up over the top again. Parenting is hard. My mom used to say, "There's no books on how to raise your child." And uh, now there's every book. They got, you know, dedicated rows and dedicated tabs on Amazon about childbearing. But there's not a book on this planet that teaches you how to raise your daughter. Right, right, right. Or explains the difference of how you have to raise your son differently. And not because they're male and female, not because one's older, one's younger, but because they need different things from you because they're individuals. I, uh, I'm going to go back now. I'm going to go back um, um, and just add a couple things. I'm a different parent for all three of my children because I'm older. I have that experience, right? And so not only, not just because of age, I have experiences as, as a parent. I'm learning things as I go. And so I'm a different parent to each one of my children. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Lucas was, was, um, didn't, didn't re- react. And he didn't. And I think he was shocked. I think he was scared. Like, what is going on? He did not know how to react. And he stayed in that state for the entire drive home. And she was still cutting up. I'm talking about kicking and hit and, and hitting. When, when I, was, I was trying to put her car, her car seat on, she tried to hit me and she hit him. And he looked down like, hey, don't get me involved in this. <laughs> don't get me involved in this. Did he shake um, the hit? Did he go like, you know, I ain't going to be phased. <laughs> did he shake? <laughs> he was like, hey, what you doing? <laughs> um, but... You know, I just caution us to just just um, um, not judge 
not judge other people based off of our experiences. Um, in my line of work, I don't expect parents to parent like like me. I just expect them to to um, you know raise their child in a safe household. Right. All right. I don't want them to necessarily have to have to do it the way that I do it because they don't have they don't have my upbringing up under my up under up under my parents and and that teaching right that tutelage um, they um, they don't have my my experience they don't have my um, most of them don't have or they most of them might have one of those components that I was talking about earlier um, in regards to um, education or, 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 or lack of education, um, maybe some mental health, some anger, some substance abuse, some stressors that I typically don't have, right? right. Um, I don't have financial stressors on me, right? I'm not worried about how I'm going to pay my next bill, right? And I, I recognize that as a blessing, but I also recognize that other families don't do that. And so I can't expect other parents to raise their children the way that I would raise it because we're dealing with different children, right? We're dealing with different circumstances and it's not realistic. And, and I, I would just, and I just will, I'll wrap it up as you just tried. And I don't, I mean, you might come back at me, but parenting is hard. And um, I would never, ever, um, I would never, ever assume that um, a parent that is dealing with some behaviors uh, from across the parking lot or in the store or even in their own house that they should be doing it um, the way that I deal with the situation the way that I would deal with it. I hear that. I hear that. Um, we could really stay here, and, and, but we're going back and forth. And, and um, um, I think the point's been made. Um, uh, last thing I'll say is I'm, I'm glad you made it through the night, man. Um, I'm glad you saved what happened to talk about it here. Right, yeah. because all of my reaction was real genuine. I was like, "Wow, you know, for real, it went that far," um, and 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 so forth. So, um, but you made it through. You made it through, and she's asleep. I can't hear her screaming right now. So I guess eventually <laughs> she cried herself out. You let me scream like that. I'm sleeping well. Right, you know? right. I hear that. I hear that. So, you know, I don't know. We had a we had a couple things I wanted to touch on. Um, I didn't mention it during the check-in, but this has been, um, I've been hit with accountability on a, a number of different issues, personal work. Um, you know, uh, you remember Ernest. Actually, no, it wasn't Ernest. It, you do remember Ernest, but uh, when he and I were attending the same church and, and doing things back in the day, we had a, a, a minister come in. His name was Apostle Grinnell. Uh, green up, but it was pronounced green up, um, out of Louisiana. And one of the things he said is, you show me your misery, and I'll show you your ministry, right? And he's basically like, whatever it is that really gets to you, that's what God really wants you to develop and grow in so you can help others be delivered through it, was his, was his point. And so a big thing for me was always accountability. So I look at everything through a lens of that, you know, whatever the responsibility is, own it, whether it's personal, whether it's my children, whether it's the people on the job. And so, you know, I'm moving this forward to football, right? So I'm watching football. And, you know, I think we're in a very sensitive environment where the one thing you notice about people today is people who aren't wearing a mask. Yeah. You almost become a pariah by not wearing a mask. 
right? Because if you like most stores will stop you from coming in at the door if they have someone watching the door. You see reports of people getting kicked off planes or planes that have to turn around before they take off and the marshals escort someone off the plane for not wearing a mask. And one of the things that I noticed from the time I turned on football, I don't know if we, do we have Thursday uh, night football this week? I didn't yeah. catch Thursday if we did, but um, from the moment I saw my first game on Sunday, I was counting coaches who weren't wearing a mask. And I was just like, wow. And I didn't expect the players to, right? Because, you know, they're moving around on the field. But I really did, in all honesty, expect anyone who's on the sideline to be masked up unless you were legitimately six feet away from someone. But because people on the sideline aren't static, they're not just standing in one place, I, it was my expectation that watching the sidelines, people will be wearing masks, especially head coaches, because you know head coaches talk like this because they don't want people to see their mouth. I'm like, mask is the perfect opportunity because now nobody can read your lips. It's a soft enough material where the microphone's gonna pick you up and you got a whole studio booth up there that's adjusting your mic on the fly to make sure you can do what you need to do. So, you know, it's gonna be all right. But I was shocked at the number of coaches, including my coach, John Gruden, that wasn't wearing a mask. And so then they started talking about Sunday afternoon or Monday, yeah, Sunday afternoon. And I heard it also on Monday and I saw a lot of news reports. Um, coaches were being fined, not the team, the coach was being fined $100,000 in every instance for not wearing a mask on the sideline, violating the NFL rule. The rule is the coaches on the sideline have to wear a mask. And so my coach, John Gruden, he said, and I, you know, you can look it up. And, and he, he, let the Raiders, he let the Raiders win a couple games, and all of a sudden he's my coach, he's this, he's that. Go ahead. Regardless of how I feel about Gruden, he's always been my coach. I mean, well, when he was on the team, when he went to Tampa Bay, he wasn't my coach no more. And then, you know, <laughs> but whatever. I had COVID at some point over the summer. And he says, I really just wanted to call my plays and blah, blah, blah. And if I have to pay the fine, so be it. Wow. So... Here's, and here's so all of that buildup is a question to you. Does it make him accountable that he just owned it and said, well, if I got to pay the fine, so be it? Or does it make, is it a slap for him? Is it a demerit for him? Because you're actually willing to come out of the pocket 100 grand just so you can have the right to not wear a mask. How socially irresponsible are you? Go. Yeah, I, um, I by the way, I, I, love, I love the accountability talk. Um, the conversations about accountability, it's, it's, um, I think it, 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 it's the foundation of one of the, the pillars for character. And uh, I love that. Um, in regards to the mass, I bought, there's a couple of thoughts. I always think like they have a a, um, a slush fund or or a petty cash for for fines, right? Um, because um, um, these these coaches are making good money. They're making they, you know I don't think there's an NFL coach that's making less than like two million dollars. Um, your coach is making like ten million dollars, 
And so, but that's still a hundred thousand dollars. That's a, that's pretty steep, but I I'm thinking like there's probably some insurance or some, some team fund that is helping with that. I, I don't know. Anyways, let's get back to the, to your question, the essence of what you're asking. Um, no, no. Um, I think that there's no excuse for, um, for the coaches not to wear a mask. I, I, I like, I like the example that you gave, like, Hey, you don't want people reading your mouth anyways. And, uh, this is a great example. I know that, uh, what is his name? The, the Warris, uh, the, the, the Kansas city chief, uh, Reed, Reed, um, he is the Kansas city chiefs, um, uh, coach. Um, who just won the just won the Super Bowl? Yeah. He has a a plastic shield, right? He has one of the plastic face shields, um, but you can see right you can see right through it. And so he wouldn't be blocking any. He would have to put the put the put the cards up in front of him in order to um, for someone not to read his mouth. But it's simple. You don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to be uncomfortable if it's making you uncomfortable. I think it's even attached to his hat with like a button on top, right? And so um, it's it's a it's an easy solution. Yeah. Um, I I heard that the NFL players are getting tested every day, um, every day at practice, every day of the week except on game day. Um, Is that right? Yeah, and it would surprise me. I don't know if it is, I don't know if the, the need to wear a mask is really keeping up with, is it, is it so much public safety and, and COVID safety? Or if it's just the, the projection or, of, of the image of the value of wearing a mask because the NFL is now electing to play during, during the pandemic and they want to continue to promote the, the, the wearing of masks because these people are around each other all the time, right? And, and we've talked on the show plenty about people wearing their masks and people wearing their masks um, inappropriately and people not wanting, wanting to wear their masks at all. Um, and I would just pause if I was John Gruden to see like what's gonna happen next. Okay, you, you're gonna take this fine. How about if the next fine is that you can't be on the sidelines? Or that you can't that you can't coach for a week or two, right? Because that that could happen, right? And now is that is that worth it? Um, and you know, if you leave, if if you lose if you lose your defensive coordinator, that's one thing. You leave you lose your head coach, that's something completely different. Yeah. And um, I, I I don't know I don't know if the 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 value of not wearing a mask would ever outweigh that penalty, whatever it is. And I, and I also, um, I wouldn't be mad at the NFL if it's just for perception, um, because these people are around each other all the time. And, and, you know, I wear a mask when I go out in the public, but when I'm, when I'm behind closed doors, me and my wife, we're not wearing masks because we're around each other all the time, right? They're around each other every day. They have a little bit more interaction with, well, their, their their interaction is is 10 20 30 fold because their players are going home to their their families and then their families are also in contact with or potentially in contact with other people right but um my guess is um if the nfl is going to crack down on that is it because the cameras are rolling or are they also looking at mask wearing during 
during the week of practice. Right. You know, I, I, I think I'm going to throw up both hands and say both. I think it is part general reception, general perception that the NFL wants to display the image of we are being socially responsible because again, you know, let's take the Raiders and the 49ers, right? And so if one team's playing the other and someone on one team is affected, right, or infected, the likelihood of them infecting someone on the other team is high, right? And if you take out two teams, right, because of COVID, what does that do for the rest of the season? Yeah. The NFL, not just for those two teams, but there's a much bigger picture that's so far beyond you. So I think, yeah, they're trying to do a perception look. Um, my girl asked me what did I think the, their testing rate was, and I said I couldn't imagine them being tested more than once a week. You said every day. I didn't know that. That's what I heard. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot. Um, but I also, you know, so I, I was watching the game, and, you know, after the game, the coaches came up and gripped each other up and said a couple words. The players were like in each other's faces, not in a bad way, but like COVID doesn't exist. And so I'm like, wow. And I know they're around each other a lot, but my, I don't wear a mask in my house when I'm uh, at work because it's a mandate. We have to wear a mask if you're anywhere outside of your, your private space. So if I'm in my office, my office in my office, I don't have to wear a mask, but as soon as I get up to go to the bathroom or go meet with somebody, I have to mask up and that's fine. Um, but the realm of people that I might come across on any given day is very small as compared to an NFL player who's not only dealing with the other people on the team, they're dealing with their fans, they're dealing with the entourage, they're dealing with what happens if they do go out in public and the number of people that are around them. Um, so. I think there's a social responsible aspect that you should do what you have to do. The second piece to that, or third or fifth or whatever number we're on, is that I didn't see Gruden or any of the other coaches in a situation where they were just like, I'm not wearing a mask. Like the mask got thrown off or wasn't in, in, in around. Most of them had it around their chin or you could see it was kind of pulled down. It just wasn't covering up. And so I want to say that perhaps, just perhaps, it was, I'm coaching. I'm not thinking about this mask. I'm doing what I need to do as a coach, and therefore the mask is secondary. I'm not purposely not wearing it. I'm just not thinking about it because I'm coaching. Yeah, I, I think that the rule, and I was listening to it on Monday night, and they were talking about the fines that, that came down on Sunday night or, or Monday morning, but the rule is, if you, if you need to wear your mask correctly, covering your nose and your mouth, but if you needed to make a call or something or, to, or and you wanted it to, like, I agree with you. They could just mumble the way that I mumble through my phone when I, when I'm, when I'm, um, when I'm, when I'm in public, but if you needed to, you could, you could lift it up almost like when you're eating, right? You could go to a public place. Um, and, but they expect you to, to continue to, wear a mask if you're indoors like i went to when i went to vegas right they said oh um we don't want you like vegas they said you can't just take your mask off and eat and dine with your family we expect you to 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 wear your mask the entire time that you're dining but oh. except when you're when you are in the process of about to put something in your mouth right and i think that's the nfl's rule as well like 
Um, if you need to talk, if you need to remove it, so because it's, it's hindering your ability to, to effectively communicate, then go ahead, lift it up, talk, and then, and then uh, cover, cover your mouth again, your mouth and your nose. Right. So I see it two different ways. One, I think if it's obvious that, okay, I'm wearing my mask, blah, 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 I got caught up in the moment or whatever, somebody's watching the commissioner or somebody who's calling whatever is sending a word down, hey, tell Gruden to put his mask on, right? Blah, 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 blah. And I think there's some type of a, hey, put your mask on, hey, put your mask on process. And then if they're just blatantly saying no, I would say then that's, that's fine worthy. My issues, I still have to double down though. I, I, I think my issue was with his comment because like you said, today, this week, I don't mind paying $100,000. I make $10 million a year. I'm going to be all right, right? Um, next week, maybe it's 250000 And, oh, okay, well, that matters. The week after that, it's a million, and now you can't coach next week, right? You know, I mean, how far, how punitive do, do the, the penalties go, number one? And then, two, I hope, I really hope there's not what you described as a slush fund that takes care of things like that. Because where would that money go otherwise, right? We've seen people lay into a player with a vicious hit that is foul upon foul, and the player got fined $50,000, right? For being super aggressive and doing whatever and doing something that's just so far against the rules. Um, but you don't wear a mask, you get fined 100,000. So I think, yeah, they're trying to make a point of how serious they are. But his disregard of the seriousness, honestly, it bothered me. It just did. I was like, I would, I would hope you take that a little more seriously, especially in the face of people to, if you find me $100,000 for anything, <laughs> um, a whole lot of stuff's about to go, go bad for me. Right. Hey, um, that, that brings me to a couple things, man. You just mentioned finding $100,000 for anything. I want to go back to that. Um, it might just be like tough talk, you know, I'm a football player, I'm a football coach, right? I'm tough, right? It could be, it could be, man, I, th I thought we wasn't going to talk about 45 Trump, but it could be just along those same lines is that I, you're not going to, you're not going to control me, right? It's my constitutional right for me to do whatever I want when everyone, anyone, anyone that knows that the constitution doesn't, doesn't allow you to do anything and everything that you want, right? Um, but I think I, I, we know that we know that there's been slush funds or funds that have been um, that teams have used because they've had some bounty uh, bounty hunters, right? And New England, New Orleans, uh, yeah, New Orleans, they got they got in trouble a couple of years back because the coaches was like, "Hey, take this player out," and you know, there's there's ten ten twenty thousand dollars for you, right? Um, and so we know that those there was those funds. I don't know where those funds came from. It could have been just a a pool of money that the players all said, "Hey, at the start of the year, we're going to all throw in two thousand dollars for this." Um, the, the the second to last thing is um, Notre Dame talking about COVID and, and the risk for football. Um, I think the I think the change really. I think the threat for Gruden is, all right, man you know, the money ain't scaring you. So how about this? You, you ain't, you ain't allowed to, you ain't allowed at the practice facilities or the coach this week. Um, and then maybe, maybe you'll wake up then. 
right? Because we're serious about this. Um, the Notre Dame football team, um, they um, postponed uh, this Saturday's game because they have um, 13 players in isolation due to COVID. Wow. Right? wow. 13 players, right? And um, so, they, so they can't play. I don't know who they were playing, but I heard that in, on, on some sports radio today. Uh, and I looked it up. Higher and, offense and two cornerbacks from defense. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're empty, man. <laughs> their their squad is there. They can't play, right? Right. But, and so for Notre Dame, all right, there's money involved, right? Their schedule is is probably six to seven games, right? The NFL schedule is much bigger than that. And if you start having a large chunk of players that are um, players that are um, – um, that are not able to play because they've contracted uh, COVID, then um, the season could be at risk. And then you then have the financial, the bigger financial concerns with um, all of the business that is associated with the National Football League. And right. so I thought that was interesting. And then the, the last thing I was going to say is you talked about, hey, you find me $100,000, um, and for anything, and last week we were talking about, um, we were talking about how people would be held accountable. We talked about the social workers with the, the with the department um, being held accountable for the death of Gabriel Fernandez, right? And um, and we went back and forth in regards to some some um, some um, our different our different views, and I think that. Um, um, I think you were playing devil's advocate, really, uh, on on some of it, but also with with the firefighters, the uh, gender reveal. Um, since our podcast, it was a firefighter that lost his life um, while he was fighting a fire, and you know it's along those. My position is along those same lines. Like, do you hold the 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 um the parents that did the gender reveal responsible for um that firefighter's life because he was fighting a fire that um originated because of their um their celebration their party give me your thoughts on that um I got, I got. i'm sorry i'm sorry and if you're going and if you, if it's because we've already know that they're going to be charged for the uh, for the all all of the I don't know all of the fees, but they're going to be charged restitution for um, for the cost of fighting these fires, and that's um, that's going to be uh, amount to a lot more than a hundred thousand dollars, which got me thinking about about this topic. Um, that's called filing bankruptcy um, for that family. Um, but um, I, I got to throw this in. I want to answer your question, but I want to throw this in because okay. I'm before we're all over the place today. Come on, man. The NFL. What if? And I and I and I'm, not, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist. You know that, but I actually believe this one. What if the NFL's public stance against their coaches is if you don't wear a mask, we're going to fine you a hundred thousand dollars, right? But it's just a public stance. There's nothing behind it. Right. Mm -hmm. So they just want the public to know, hey, we're taking this seriously. We're taking it so seriously that we're willing to fine our coaches one hundred thousand dollars for every incident of them breaking it. That's how serious we're taking this. 
But Gruden already knows that he can talk to the commissioner and the commissioner's like, look, man, you got to wear a mask. We're not really going to find you, but you got to wear a mask. So, and next week, they'll say it again. And maybe by the third week, they'll be like, all right, now you're going to really pay $100,000. But it could be a public view and not have any weight behind it whatsoever. Um, so I just really wanted to throw that piece in there. I think that they're getting fined. I think teams are getting fined because this happens in every sport. I just don't know where that money's coming from, right? I don't know if it's the owners are paying it. I don't know if it's the team fund. I don't know if they even have some insurance. They might have a, some insurance for a, a certain number of, of, of fines, right? Um, but uh, I'd be surprised. I really would be surprised if um, coaches are – they don't care about losing a hundred thousand dollars, man. I know if you got if you're getting paid, um, if you're getting paid a million dollars a game, right, or or a half a half a mil a game, what is a hundred thousand dollars? It's a hundred thousand dollars, right? And so I would be surprised if if there there's not something set up, whether it's insurance, the team, the 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 the, the owners, yeah. Yeah, I'd be surprised, but at the same time, I'd be disappointed. I think if you do something that's fine-worthy, you should be responsible for your fine. That's that accountability piece that you talked about. Exactly. Yeah. Now, back to your question. Here's my thought. Um, with the family who had the, uh, who had the uh, gender reveal and the fire caused, and that fire has been burning since September 9th, non-stop roughly and starting other fires and doubling up and blah 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 um whatever the 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 uh range of penalty is for the crime if the fire started they put it out million dollars in damage there's some restitution um i could hit you with 20 years for this or i could give you six months and probation and you pay a fine fair enough being that this fire has been burning for weeks, causing other fires, and as a fact of that, people have lost their lives. Well, I don't think the family that started the fire should be fined with their death or should be um, accountable for their death. I do think the fact that there was a death should play into their sentencing. Got it. All right. Oh so, no, you don't charge them with murder. But when they, when this all settles down, they're saying that there was uh, three billion dollars in damage, which includes the man hours for fighting. That six people lost their lives, uh, three hundred people lost their homes, all behind this action. And based upon all that, we are going to sentence you with the maximum level possible for the crime, plus whatever their fine and/or restitution may be. I think that's how that accountability structure should go. And, and I'm, I'm in agreement. I have no, I have no issues. So maybe, maybe we could just move on. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, it takes me back to the conversation we were having last week about the social workers. I think, I think if social workers um, didn't do their job, they should be fired. They should be held accountable for, um, for conducting themselves uh, um, to the standards and the, and the policy um, and the practices within their within their their the scope of their work, right? But um, I don't think that they should be they should have been charged for the death of that child. Um, but people that don't do their job, they should be fired. And and the way that I think about this 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 family and you know 
God bless them and and the 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 family and and everybody that knew the firefighter as well because this woman is pregnant, right? She did a gender reveal and she's dealing with all this weight of having to deal with the stress that this fire is still burning and and destroying property and homes and and lives. Um, and you know, my heart goes out to them. My heart goes out to the firefighters and everybody else that is impacted by by this fire. Um, but I just I I don't think that you could charge the, that family with the 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 death of 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 the firefighter because there's so many variables that are in play. Like he died. Let's let's just assume three weeks after, um, three weeks after the fire started, right? Right. Was he properly trained? Was was did, was it just a bad situation where the where the wind picked up? Um, could he had been in a different situation? Should he not have been there? Where was his other support? Where was he's was he working by himself? Uh, was there someone? Was was there a supervisor that um, that should have also be accountable and should have uh, made sure that he had backup? There's all those variables to consider, right? And. I just don't think that you could charge that family with 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 or his. did the fire just get out of control and he got caught up because he has a dangerous job another variable yeah right and so the the, the thing with that is and, and i'm gonna try to make this example work i think it also matters what activity you were engaged in that started the situation exactly okay. Gender reveal, they had some pyrotechnics that got out of control. They were, they were doing something legal that went awry. Hanging out in the middle of the redwoods, lighting off dynamite sticks and throwing them into the trees is an illegal activity that all of a sudden started something else and they go two different directions. Those two same scenarios, three weeks later, a firefighter dies, should they be charged with the crime of murder for the firefighter or death or involuntary? No, I don't think so. I think it's still too far out and so forth and so on. But I think your actions and whatever you were doing are going to play into it. To, to give you a different type of example, you're driving down the street, your, your, your car loses traction because you hit some oil, um, you run into another car, that car hits a pole, um, all the occupants of that car die, right? That was an accident, right? Something that you weren't doing, you weren't speeding, you weren't whatever, your car swerved into somebody else, blah, blah, blah. You were drunk at the time, mm -hmm. involuntary manslaughter, right? right? Didn't mean to do it, but I was drinking, I shouldn't have been, and blah, blah, blah. You were street racing, right? Right. Again, participating in an illegal activity that directly caused the death of somebody else is a completely different story than just going about your day doing your thing. I would imagine, not even I would imagine, I'm going to go on a limb and say that this family um, who did the gender reveal had no thought or concept that their activity would start a fire that would last for three weeks, cause billions of dollars in damage, and blah, blah, blah. There's no intent. There's no malice forethought. There's none of that. Now, there is an accountability piece that they have to own. Should that accountability piece include murder? No. Should it include, or, and murder is the wrong word. Should it include being responsible directly for the deaths that have occurred? Um, I think it's a slippery slope, but on a, on a limb, I would say no. 
Yeah, I and 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 I and I and I agree with you, and that's where I land with this with the with the felony count that was that the social workers were charged. Right. Think, all right. It's it's a slippery slope, but a felony count for child abuse. Um, did they did they abuse the child? Like, and so I, maybe maybe I'm not a lawyer. Maybe I need to go. Maybe I need to go to law school so I could get a better understanding of how um, on how uh, charges and sentencing is. Well, they weren't weren't they weren't sentenced, but how charges are are kind of constructed because each of those four had one felony count of child abuse, right? But they didn't abuse the child. So so maybe if they would have, but something else interesting about that is that they were also charged with falsifying documents. Mm. That, yeah. and if they're, if, and, and check this out, if it's a misdemeanor or a felony, if the, and okay, if they falsify documents, they should be held accountable, right? They should lose their damn job, right? And so I don't have a problem with that. But but for the felony account, for the felony count of child abuse, when you didn't directly abuse the when you didn't abuse the child, that's what that was a sticking point for me. And I would just encourage everyone to to watch it if they could stomach the um, the um, the documentary that came out on Netflix because that's a that's that does it that takes a real good dive into the the, the um, the monsters that uh, were uh, caring for this child. You know, someone told me, um, I said, watch that. And they were saying, you know, it would be good for you because they know how passionate I am about children children and parenting and so forth. It's like, you'd enjoy it. It's like, I'm not about to sit there and watch a show about someone abusing a child. I'm just not going to do it. I didn't even realize that this was the same example that we were talking about until you just mentioned it on Netflix. So now, it kind of comes around full circle. What I will say is, because you mentioned, I'm not a lawyer, maybe I need to go to law school and so forth. We look at things through a, through a moral lens of human decency, right? What was actually going on? Let me hear the facts. Let me hear the situation and let me make a determination as to what should happen next. And that's probably 90% accurate on different things that would happen. We never argue about the 90%. It's the 10% that we call BS, that we can't believe is actually possible, that we can't believe that it, there's a law that says that, there's a ruling, there's a loophole that allows for this, that, and the other. And I would think that if there was any case, and I'm sure it happens a lot more than I know, and, and, and you probably have more insight on it than I do, where social workers are called into question about any cases they have where a child was abused under their watch and okay tell me what happened let me see your records let me see blah 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 blah, blah. and in the 90 percentile it probably is all on the up and up the other 10 percent isn't bad it's suspect and we got to look at it a little bit more um and i can think of some wild out examples where yes yeah, somebody should be charged as an accessory in that but for the majority of it no now, if there's some, there's an accountability piece, like I said, maybe you lose your job, right? I think accountability goes a long way. Maybe you hit a fine. Maybe you have to switch your office or you can't do that type of work anymore. Maybe there's something permanently in your record. But to be charged with murder, you didn't plan it, commit it, and it wasn't due to a result of your own? Nah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Um, speaking of the documentary, and you said, you, some, you said something that triggered me. 
the person said that you would enjoy it. I don't know if you would enjoy it as much as you might appreciate um, how well they put it together. Like I, like, I wouldn't enjoy, and I actually, there's another example that comes to mind. I didn't enjoy watching um, any footage on 9-11 and the buildings coming down, right? But I watched it, right? Because I, I felt like it was important for me as a patriot and, and, and someone that was in the military at that time for me to get a better understanding of, 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 uh, of it and the, um, the, all, all, of the, uh, all of the conspiracy theories that was also actually uh, building at the time around that as well. Um, the um, Bin Laden um, um, tapes, right? His Bin Laden's computer. I don't know if you, I mean, as a, as a tech guy, there, I don't know if you checked that out, but um, there was a lot of footage and things that was on Bin Laden's computer. I watched it, right? Um, um, but, you know, I watched it, I watched it with a curious mind. Uh, and, and and so the, the the word choice is what threw me off. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't know if, I don't remember what their word choice was. Uh, maybe it wasn't enjoy, maybe it was find it interesting. Um, either way, because it involves a child, I don't want nothing to do with it. Right. You know, if you went to the uh, National African American History Museum in Washington, um, um, I could appreciate it, but I don't know if I would, if I enjoyed it, you know. And I'll, and I'll go back again because it's important um, because it's a, it's a history book. Um, it's a visual history book of, uh, of African-Americans um, um, and how, and, and some of the struggles that we've had since slave ships started arriving in, 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 uh, in America, right? But, um, and so I appreciate it, and, and I will go back again because it's that powerful, it's that so much, it's so dense, right? So rich of, um, that you couldn't do it in one day. And if you did it in one day, you would still miss, like if you, if you try to do it in one day, you would miss a lot. Um, it's, I, we, we're all over the place. We're all over the place today, but I love it. And we didn't even talk about, and maybe we should just pause before we, we end it. Um, Supreme Court Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Thanks, um, man. Um, for real. Um, big loss. Huge loss. Um, they didn't call her the notorious uh, RBG for nothing. Uh, right. Gangster about hers. And, um, and she stood when a whole lot of people were sitting down. And yeah. so there's um there's a big loss there my heart goes out to anyone who loved her um anyone who called her friend anyone to the other justices who had a relationship with her um my heart goes out um and even if you see her and go go back this week you know grab youtube and catch some footage you see her on screen and she's by herself she's bigger than her presence Mm -hmm. right? right and then you see her standing next to somebody else and you'd be like man i mean she was tiny right mm -hmm. so but it's just yeah i'm glad you brought that up because um you know we want to we want to be responsible for our community and what's happening and thanks for bringing that up man i appreciate that that's mm -hmm. that's real so um i got a story with mine but what you listening to man 
Oh man, I don't, I don't think, I don't even know. Let me see if I listen. Oh yeah, all right, yeah, I did. I was listening to something, and I'm gonna go back, man. I'm, I'm two weeks, two weeks. I've asked you twice, and this is the third time. Did you ever listen to the to the Blackest King album? You probably didn't. I did. Oh, you did. Okay. Um, so I was listening to um, uh, Brown Skin Girls. I think that's the name of the of the, of the song. Um, and I, I just told, I just told the radio to play Brown Skin Girls, but what came on after Brown Skin Girls was some African music that probably some artists that, that was on, um, Black is King. And I, and I was digging it so much that I started to, um, to create a playlist. And so I have a playlist of artists that I've never heard before. Um, African artists, uh, most of them, or some of them may be from the Caribbean. We have some American artists as well. Uh, Beyonce's on there. Um, but um, that's what I've been listening to, brother. How about you? Um, I told you I got a story. Um, I, I watched uh, the special on Netflix. Um, I've been meaning to get a uh, Spotify album out of it and just listen to it. Um, I haven't done that part yet, but I did watch the Netflix special. It was cool. There was some, you know, some stuff I really enjoyed and some stuff I was like, okay, let's just get through this into the next part. But I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I got the car. The car has this uh, feature called connected music, right? And it allows you to actually log in to different streaming media accounts and it actually plays through its own interface, whatever that account is. So Spotify is one of them. Now, I've had this in cars before, and you basically have a Bluetooth connection to Spotify, or in the Spotify app, you can play it through different devices, and the car would be one of those devices. But this one has its own interface, and so it'll ask you questions. How are you today? Uh, what kind of mood are you in? What, um, the car is asking I, you these questions? Not verbally. It's not having a conversation with me, but it's like checking off some boxes. And it'll generate a playlist for you based upon whatever type of mood you're in and blah, 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 all from a Spotify interface. So I've been all over the place. Um, they have one of the features is called um, caring, caring car or car caring or something like that, where peep this is a trip. It'll, I, I'm in a relaxation mode. So Spotify linked in and gave me a relaxation playlist the lights in the car kind of dimmed to a blue. The sunroof opened. This is just from hitting the button. The sunroof opened and the air would oscillate between high and low and high and low like a breeze. Yeah. Playing smooth music. So I was listening to a little Najee, Najee, um, had some Kenny G going, some, um, remember that song, uh, Art of Noise? Yeah. Moments in Love, that came on, the instrumental, like all kind of stuff. Some I knew, some I didn't, but it was just kind of like, this is kind of like a massage, you know, uh, of what's happening. And this is all just programmed through this connected music app. I was like, I might never pick a song again. You know, how you feeling today? I'm pissed off. Okay, here we go. And, you know, I'm the enemy coming on, right? so, uh, so, yeah, so I've been all over the place, but mostly just kind of mellow, chilled, laid back music this week. Hey, um, um, I'm going to say it. I don't want you to get a big head about this, man. But when I grow up, I want to be like you, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you know, I want a car that's gonna uh, that's gonna play music based on my mute, change the temperature, open up the sunroof, and you know that's beautiful, man. Man, you said you're gonna buy yourself a car next week. I want a car that crab walks. Don't have to be <laughs> So, because uh, that was kind of fat. Any of our audience members, if you've ever seen that commercial, let us know. But um, yeah, he sent me a link to a car that has a crab walk feature. I was like, that's kind of fat. I can I can dig that. So. You get that, we can just swap keys and hang out, but you can bet. I want to see how fast I can crab walk because that's how I might drive it. <laughs> so anyway, um, tell us to get, get the people a word, man, and then we'll, let's get up out of here. Hey, um, tonight we focused on uh, accountability, you know, and um, I think, you know, I think accountability and and character you know they go hand in hand um this week i've been having a lot of conversations about morals values uh character accountability and um i think when when you are doing it right um um people from across the parking lot could see it right and um i was blessed from someone that i didn't know that walked up to me and 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 changed my my mood and my 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 um, my direction, um, and um, you know I think that um, I think we should be of service to each other while we are above the ground and we can um, see someone in need and and say something in passing and be that impactful. Um, he simply said, "I feel your pain," right. And that took me out of the out of my state of hearing my child cry and trying to focus on that to really kind of tap into, wow, this is this is familiar to other to other parents as well. And uh, I appreciate him. And, and I, I never even, I won't even have a chance to 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 uh, share it with him. I'm gonna put a stamp on that. I couldn't have said that any better. So um Y'all been spending time tonight with the brothers from the 818, myself, Dave, as you know, I'm my main man, Caleb. Um, we just want to invite you guys into our space, let you hear some conversation, let you hear our opinions, and, and go at it. Sometimes we surprise each other with what we're going to have to say, and sometimes uh, we've, been, uh, well, we've been knowing each other for 38 years, so uh, that page is easy for us to get on. Um, you've been watching us on YouTube, so you know we're there. We're also on a number of streaming channels, audio-wise. Um, uh, Spotify, um, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Um, I don't know if I told you, I've been uh, pushing us to get on iHeartRadio. Um, wow. so I'm expecting that to happen any day now. Uh, we might even do a sponsorship episode when that finally happens. Brought to you by iHeartRadio. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, so we're out there as well. Um, we're on Instagram, Brothers from the 818. Um, uh, 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 what's the other one? Twitter. Uh, 818 Brothers. That's the only one that's a little different. Um, and there's a there's a subscribe link somewhere. I don't know where it is, but it's up there. Um, click that subscribe link if you like the content. Um, as Caleb uh, mentioned this week and even a few weeks before, we're going to get to episode 100 um, at some point and, and beyond. Uh, we don't have a stopwatch uh, indicating the end of what we're doing. We're just uh, we're coming back week after week. Um, just to check in, see what's going on, and give you something to talk about throughout your week. So um, it's been another great episode of the Brothers from the 818. We thank you for spending this time with us. And on that note, we will uh, send a shout out to the 8 one
eight yes uh nine one three three one um for all of our people out there and um if you're in the eight one eight or the nine one three three one and you got something interesting to say hit us up we love to uh, highlight our own and showcase our own people um i think we live equidistant miles apart from the uh nine one three three one now and pretty far away but home is home and roots are roots and we always uh, got a love for that spot. So on that note, y'all be blessed. Y'all have a great night, great week, and we will see you next time just like that. Peace out.